Good evening, Kavasi families, and welcome to another Kavasi Evening Fireside podcast. The Warriors and the Rovers are in their beds. The sun has gone down over the bunks long ago, and it's time for you to find out what happened today. Each morning before the boys sleepily shuffle off to morning flags, blue sheets are put on each wooden breakfast table, and they are the color of a main summer sky, just not today. And each boy and each counselor pours over those blue sheets to see what will happen today. This is your blue sheet report for today, the 4th of July. And just in case you were wondering, quite unlike everyone's imagining of the 4th of July, today it started pouring on us. It was so rainy this morning. Like big old fat drops, like Forrest Gump says. Sometimes it felt like it was raining upwards. Not exactly what you would imagine for the 4th of July. We were joking the other day that we've gotten basically the hottest June ever and now the wettest July beginning. (laughs) It's like, uh, well, let's just say this has been a singular year in a number of ways, including the beginning of first session. However, that did not stop Camp Coppicey for Boys on the 4th of July. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Today was just a special day, a completely different program. I'm going to go through the whole thing today and talk about some really good stuff along the ways. But one of the most important things that happens right away on the 4th of July is red, white, and blue pancakes. That's right. We have pancakes with different colors, and the boys are very serious about getting one of each, even if they wouldn't normally eat three pancakes. They want three. They don't want two. They want blue and red or white and red. They want red, white, and blue. And so they shall have it. What the people want... You must give them or they will take it in revolution, just like 1776. So we make sure to have no revolution here, three pancakes each. Today, uh, we also had a funny thing that happened, which is that we came up in the morning for the leadership meeting, and our big giant tent, which we've been referring to as the Big Top, had sunken down like it was depressed in a series of spots. And so the first thing we did this morning was not have a leadership meeting, but put our tent back up. It was missing... uh, it didn't miss anything. It was just sagged all the way to the ground in a couple of places, and we needed to fix it. So that that it didn't collapse, uh, but it was definitely saggy downy. So we spent a whole time, a whole bunch of time, uh, putting our backs into it and hammering a whole bunch of steaks and making sure that there was a nice dry place for our boys to eat those pancakes. And it was great. This morning at nine o'clock, we we basically reset our whole schedule today. So the Rovers had at nine o'clock the Cabadome Beacon Relay and Dodgeball of Doom. And after that, Watermelon League, Trivia in the LLC, and Combined Softball Throw. And then they had Bunko slash Shower. I'm going to get to Bunko in a second and tell you what that means, but they had Bunko and then Shower. Uh, so they could they could get all warmed up after their Watermelon League in the rain. They just played in the rain. We just did a series of contests and sports they could do in the rain. They did them, and they were psyched about it. Lots and lots and lots of happy running around and shrieking in the rain. Warriors had Bunko first, then Bluey for Mori, then Watermelon League, and then Trivia at the LLC and Combined Softball Throw. Council and Sachem started with Bunko, and then they had Cabadome, King of the Court. And then they did Bluey for Mori, and then they had uh, Wrap Up and Get Ready for Lunch. Let's talk about a couple things real quick. Bunko, what is Bunko? Bunko is one of those words that we have here at Camp Cabasi that just means something specifically here. I've been to other camps, and they don't say bunko there. It is bunk time. It means that when the weather doesn't cooperate or something, you get to go back to your bunk with your bunk mates 
and you get to do something fun. There's usually a lot of sitting around and telling stories, or they, a game of mafia will, will strike up, and sometimes games become a uh, legendary feature of Bunko, like broom ball or roof ball. So those things sometimes happen in Bunko. And the kids love Bunko, but Bunko is kind of like pancakes. If you haven't had Bunko in a while, it's amazing. And if you have too much Bunko, you start to wonder why you liked it in the first place, just like pancakes. So we only have a little bit here and there, but today was a perfect time for it. You go back and hang out with your bunk, and then, then you get out in the, in the rain and the action. It was, it was not that cold today. It was uh, wet, though. And so after a couple sessions out in the field, it was time to go back to the bunk. And what is Bluey for Mori? Well, you got an email about this already, but there is a program called Project Mori. And it is so cool. It is this year-round camp and support program for children of underserved areas in the New York City region, including Stamford, Connecticut. And the kids in these places um, have a uh, they just have a tough time. It's it's an underserved and under-resourced part of the world and part of the country. And graduation rates are very low, and so are college rates, and so on, and other. Social indicators are not great. And Project Mori brings those kids to a wonderful camp in uh, New York, and it's called Mori's Camp. And the directors of that camp are friends of mine. I've been associated with this, um, and so is Cobbacy's other leadership members, associated with this program for a long time now. And man, Project Mori is just great. It's not just a summer camp that doesn't cost any money. But it is also a year-round support program, so kids have the extra resources they need to just get a little bit of an edge in a tough situation. So there's um, partnerships that are formed with social workers and teachers and just really remarkable. Uh, it's just a remarkable program, and the, the stats are really crazy good. They're just so amazing. They have this um, graduation rates from Project Mori kids are hover near 95% in a context where that is really hard to do and uh and also going on to graduate excuse me going on to 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 college and or the military and or a service organization is something like 85 percent it's just something else of course the kids as parents and the, most importantly the kids themselves share almost all of that credit project mori is a factor in their lives and we love them and love to support them so you're going to get an email here in a little while, and it's going to show you how much your Cobbacy Camper hit in the hitathon, which is called Bluey for Mori. Our baseball, our baseball field is called Bluey Field, and we get out there with our baseball staff, and the kids hit, and they get a certain amount of points for a home run, a certain amount of points for a triple, and a double, and a single, and so on. And they really want to score high because they want to, to convince you to donate more. It's that simple. And we have had a really great record here at Cobbacy of coming in big for Project Mori. So for me to you, back home, please, please, please donate what you can. Maybe donate an amount based on the number of hits, or maybe donate a, a, a flat amount if you're feeling inspired. Um, it just makes a huge difference. I know the people personally who run Project Mori. That money goes right into the program. It's so important and so powerful. And such a thing to do on the 4th of July. That's Project Mori.
After lunch, the Rovers got to hit for Project Mori, and the Warriors got to play dining hall casino games. You gotta learn those casino games to get ready for casino night. Nobody should leave Camp Cobbesee for boys without knowing what a straight flush looks like. Council and Sachem had Watermelon League, which was also trivia, and the LLC and combined soccer kick. And then it was time to get ready for Carnival, because what is the 4th of July without a Carnival? The Sachem ran the food stations. We had uh, popcorn and cotton candy, and they were doing a great job, Sachem 1 and 2. And the counselors were running game stations. There was Plinko, and there was uh, a Frisbee game with a series of nets that you try to land the Frisbee in, and you'd earn tickets. And the tickets you could earn, enter in a raffle, and the kids were way into tickets, and they were trying to game the games, which one gave you the most tickets for the easiest thing. And then there was a bouncy house and a... I don't even know what this would be called, a wrecking ball, where you could push this big inflatable thing into your friends, and, uh, and of course, also the track where you could run down and shoot hoops, and then you're getting bungeed back. It was such a great vibe, and here we have to talk about just the attitude of the staff, which then immediately became contagious to the boys. We had a big old huddle in the morning. We talked about how the founding mothers and fathers had a lot more to deal with than some rain, smallpox, and... You know, the English and musket balls, artillery, and so on. And so we, we got into that, and the boy was there at buy-in. This staff is really something else. And the vibe never stopped. It never stopped. Everybody was soaking wet, having a blast. And when, when Carnival rolled around, the rain had mostly stopped. And they were still having a blast. And they were just... You know, they were in their rain jackets and they're grinning and they're eating cotton candy and they're having so much fun. And it just didn't, that never, that never changed the whole day. It was just awesome. If you had taken a hundred program directors in the world of camping and showed them the weather report today and said to them, what do you think we should do? And they would say, not the 4th of July. Let's do something else like learn to scuba dive or something. And instead, we did the 4th of July. And it was an absolute smash. It was so great. I cannot say enough about this staff. And the kids. The kids were like, let's do it then. There was a sense of doing it anyways. There was a sense of, of forging ahead, which made it sort of contagious. And then everybody was just ready to have a great time. Then we went to dinner. We had ravioli, chicken cacciatore. And then it was time for the first annual Mr. Cobbesy Talent Show and the Tribal Games Chiefs speeches. Uh, and that was just about an hour and 15 minutes of, I guess you'd call it a, a pageant, a Mr. Cobbesy pageant. <laughs> and there was an interview round, and there was a talent round, and I think that was pretty much it. There were some outfits. Somebody wore their sunglasses upside down. Someone else had a blinky hat. Uh, and at the end, the Sachem 1 and Sachem 2 guys had these, these like offsetting speeches. We had Robert up there and Ford Chapman. And every time Robert would say something, Ford would cheer. And every time Ford would say something, Robert would cheer. It was very supportive. I don't know if you've ever seen a Cobbesy show, but everyone is just waiting for something cool to happen so they can start cheering. And it's, so it is not, there's there's no jeering, only cheering, and lots of enthusiastic cheering. Sometimes you have so much cheering that you have to, like, quiet it down so you can move on. It's a very joyful occasion. And then we all went down. We literally carried benches down the hill, the boys did, all the way down to the waterfront. And there, Phil and his friend from Central Maine Pyrotechnics, except no substitutes, just set off this amazing fireworks show and... 
Phil was so happy to be at camp. He came up and had dinner outside the bubble with us, and he was so excited. And he's a neighbor. He owns uh, one of the camps. The, in, in Maine, a camp is a cabin. He owns one of the camps just down the lake. He's one of our neighbors. And he was so excited to do the show here so his family could see it. Twofer. And then it was time for fireworks, and they chanted, Light it up, Phil. And then Phil did exactly that. I'll let you see the pictures online that are coming up eventually. There's so many pictures from today. Our amazing photographers are working hard on that. Um, and that'll be those will be up soon. But you may see one. Uh, I specifically, um, just one of my favorite things about the fireworks show is to watch it for a while and then turn around and look at the entire crowd of Cobbacy boys and their counselors and the staff and everybody arrayed on this hill, beautiful Maine on this hillside above this gorgeous lake, and everyone is looking up and everyone's mouth is open and we are a we, a community on the 4th of July. And then you lit up different colors. First, the, the us is blue, and then it is silver, and then it is red, yellow, green, and everyone's laughing. You can be as loud as you want during the fireworks because the fireworks are louder. And at one point, the sachem started singing the national anthem, but they couldn't be heard over the fireworks, so they started screaming the national anthem. It was just a great moment. But the, the image of the entire camp lit up from above, looking up all together on this holiday. Really something to see. It's one of those images you're not going to get a second chance at until the next time we do this. And so that is our little informal podcast for yet another glorious day at Camp Cobbacy for boys. Your boys will go to sleep tonight, with steady counselors watching over them, nodding off, surrounded by their friends, loons sounding on the lake. All is well in this place set apart. Oh.